Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Episode 61 of the Sexplanations podcast. I'm Dr. Lindsay Doe. I'm a clinical sexologist and doctor of human sexuality and the host of a YouTube channel called Sexplanations. I am here today with Stella Pearl, who has been on the Sexplanations show as a model for me to do a breast exam with. Like we did a breast exam to show how to touch your own boobs and understand their anatomy and health. And then we did a follow-up second episode about how to touch breasts for pleasure. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. You're welcome. Anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks for also being on this Explanations podcast and talking with me today about some of the questions we were asked four years ago about oral sex. I am excited. Yeah, me too. Let's do it. People might not know this, but we have a really amazing community, um, and part of them are a group called Nerdfighteria, and their mission is to increase awesome and decrease world suck. And one of the things that they do is they transcribe every single one of my videos. Really? That's yeah. awesome. So I can search Ask Lindsay number 12 oral sex questions or even Ask Lindsay oral sex wiki, and it will pull up Nerdfighteria's wiki page with all of the words I say typed out for me. It's amazing. That's amazing. I know. Did, did you ask them to do this? Or no. Just, that's awesome. I know. Good job. I just found it one day um, a long time ago when I first started the channel. I was just searching my videos and then I realized that this was happening and that I I can, for example, if I'm not sure whether or not I've talked about yeast infections before, I can go Sexplanation's Yeast Infections Wiki and it will pull up on their Nerdfighteria wiki page any content that I've made with yeast infections in the script. That's awesome. I know. It's so great. So that's what I've done to get our questions today. And I want to ask them in honor of some of our patrons on patreon.com, sexplanauts, people who have pledged to support what we're doing today. Ooh, yeah, they're so awesome because this platform, I think models healthy communication around sexuality, which we don't have a lot in our day-to-day lives. Right. Well, and I feel like a lot of like people our age, the type of sex education that we grew up with, <laughs> we it's, had sex it's education. not very communicative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was your sex education like? Um, mostly about, you know, what to expect when you get your period and mm-hmm. filling out very medical charts of body parts and making sure that you had those memorized. <laughs> Did you learn about the clitoris? Um, I factually I learned that it was there. Oh, okay. But most of my clitoral knowledge has come from my own education of myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did not I mean, I guess they, you know, it wasn't completely like portrayed as an evil thing or anything like that, but it re- really wasn't pumped up for how awesome it really is. Yeah. So. I don't remember learning about it at all. But, you know, that's okay. I also don't remember things Maybe, like quadratic equations. So Right? Yeah. Powerhouse of the cell. Um, <laughs> maybe also for me, I noticed it more and paid attention to it on the chart because I had already done a lot of self-exploration by the time I hit sex ed. So oh, I already knew there was something fun going on. But you don't remember them affirming that that was the fun. No. Or a big component of the fun. No. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder what it's like for a lot of people. I'll do a poll. We'll find out. Okay. So 
Oral sex questions. This is in honor of Paul, the Millers, Donna, and Ben. You're all so amazing. Uh, okay, Stella, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's, let's see how your sex education prepared <laughs> you for this. What are the pros and cons of oral sex? Um, I guess first I'm trying to think of the cons. <laughs> Outside of just not being into it that day. Really, I can think of so many cons, but I'll, I'll let. I guess your brain I would hope it. that um, the cons that I can think of are more like we're in need of showers first before we get into this, <laughs> and I, I've been lucky that I haven't run into hygiene issues. I guess with any of my partners, yeah, that that's I can great. remember. Good I would job, think that, Stella's partners. I would think that that would have been well. I don't want to say traumatizing, but memorable <laughs> if I had had that experience. Um, almost, I want to say like the cons would be more like self-inflicted I think like if I'm with a new partner especially when I was younger oral sex is usually where I faked it a lot for myself oh receiving oral sex yeah okay um it was just you know when their face is right there and you're so young and self-conscious it was really hard to like relax and get into it and let go but now I'm a a woman of experience and (laughs) I don't. I curse. Yeah, I'm not giving a fuck. And yeah, um, maybe part of that too. I've personally let go of a lot of my hangups. I think because in my profession at a salon, most of what I do is Brazilian waxing, and I see vaginas all day long. And I realize that my vagina is just as awesome as everybody else's. And if you can't appreciate it, then you don't get to be down there. Oh my gosh! Can we talk all about that of too? Of course. Yes. Okay. Great. Um, um, first though, the cons. So you're saying, cons. okay, so, um, I guess any hygiene issues, should there be some, you don't want to put your face down there. Um, some of the, the sense of pressure that you need to, uh, respond in a, in a right. certain way. And so the faking yeah. of orgasms. And just trying to relax and get into what's going on. I think sometimes is a little harder Yeah. for, for ladies. I guess I can't speak about that from the male perspective. Yeah. They always have seemed to be super into it, so. <laughs> Maybe in the comments say, Stella, I was also faking it. That would, aw. But doubtful. Maybe. It's maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are your cons? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is things like STIs. Um, right. I think that people are less likely to use protection for oral sex than they are for other behaviors. And so partnering with someone and then wanting to use protection with them is awesome, but they may not have used it in prior experiences and so expose themselves to things that make unprotected oral sex trickier. Um, That's true. But getting tested is a great way to do prevention work um, in addition to or in place of using protection. Your choices, choices. Let's see. Other things that come to mind, pubic hair down the throat is tricky. I love pubic hair, but I don't like it when it goes into my throat. Right. Especially if you're like the giver. You know, I've had that happen where you get pubic hair in your mouth, but you're still trying to like sexily pick it out of your teeth. (laughs) Not not make a big deal of the situation, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree. Actually, that's... It's also a... That has like a a pro side to it because 
I entertain myself so much when I am performing oral sex and I get a hair in my mouth and I come up with these really clever ways to get rid of it without the other person knowing. I'm like, I'm so awesome. And that feels like a big self-esteem boost. Hair flip. Yeah. So good at this. Yep. Yep. Um, Let's see. Any other cons? I mean, smell can be challenging for sure. Taste can be challenging. There are lots of ways to mitigate that, of course. I guess I just throw all that in with the hygiene part. but Oh, yeah. Well, but I think somebody can be really hygienic and oh, still I have a, a center of flavor that is not compatible with my tongue. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's, again, going back to like my profession is another thing that I've become really well adept to is that idea of like, like just because a vagina, you can smell it doesn't mean that it smells bad or something. And then, I mean, or obviously sometimes wrong. there's like, oh, and then that's something that you should be worried about. Um, I guess that's what makes me good at my job is I don't generally get as grossed out just by like bodies and smells and stuff as I think some people do that don't deal with them as often. Okay. So natural like just body odors and stuff like that that are still healthy mm-hmm. don't gross me out. That's great. I, okay, we're we're just going to stop the oral sex questions for a moment okay. here because I so want to talk about your profession. I didn't know that that was something you did, I don't think. That was, um, I mean, when I first graduated beauty school and started practicing here in Missoula, mm-hmm. I was one of only a small handful of people that even offered that service. And I'm still one of a very small handful of people that offer male Brazilian waxing. So the first, I would say, like five years of my career, that was almost the only thing that I did. Whoa. Yeah. Because the way that I know you is that we were looking to have someone model and right. be available to show their breasts and have their breasts touched on Sexplanation's YouTube and channel. And I show my boobs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're a burlesque dancer. I am, yes. So that's how all of that connection was made. But I, I don't know if I knew about the waxing. Okay, so right. what you have learned from that experience is that vulvas all look differently and they can smell and like well, some you're people, not tasting them, but right. <laughs> they may smell. I mean, some women, like that normal healthy vagina smell is just a lot stronger than it is on other women. Um, and particularly when they're in with me, you get a little nervous and you tend to get sweaty, which I would think... You know, during sex, yeah. you get hopefully not nervous, excited, yeah. and sweaty, and um, it doesn't take long for that odor to fill the room. <laughs> oh, Stella, you have so much <laughs> compassion. That's amazing. It's funny because it's kind of like the frog in boiling water where, I, like, a lot of times I won't notice it while I'm in there with the client, and then I, like, walk him out, and I come back into my room, and it's like, whoa, it smells like vagina in here. <laughs> I better put some aromatherapy on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do they ever notice? I don't think so. I mean, I try my best to make sure that you don't notice from the person before you if I've got back-to-back clients. Mm. Um, but I'm, I don't think people notice it on themselves. Nobody I'm like, I'm like racking expect- through my brain of almost 13 years of doing it and like, has there – no, I, I don't – I mean, it it is really eye-opening what women are self-conscious about when they come in and see me. And it's funny the things that they feel like they need to air to me and – I've had women apologize, like, I'm sorry, I have three kids, and I'm sorry it looks like that. And in all reality, if you hadn't told me you had three kids, there's absolutely nothing telling about your vagina that I would have known that. 
I'm sure you in your own experience have witnessed the changes that your own vagina made, but I'm meeting it for the first time and it looks like any other vagina I've ever seen. And Do you tell them that? Yeah. And what happens? Hopefully it makes them feel better. Mm. I mean, that's really, I believe that people, you know, ideally if they're coming in to get the service, they're doing it for themselves um, and not because they feel pressured by other people or anything like that. And feel like it's kind of my job to to help make sure not just obviously to perform the service in a very practical sense of making sure I'm doing it correctly but make sure that everybody feels comfortable with me and doesn't have any reason to feel embarrassed to be in there with me oh Stella you make an excruciating experience sound marvelous I try my best <laughs> like oh I want to go get my pubes waxed no I don't but Stella would be the person to do it because she's so sweet that's really cool of you thank you removing sex shame for people yeah good job well done okay thanks now we want to do pros of oral sex well, it's super fun. <laughs> um, I feel like from the female perspective, that's usually how we get most of our clitoral attention. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I like the focus being put there. I feel like definitely more than during like traditional vaginal sex. Okay. Um, and, hmm. It's fun. It feels it's fun. Um, I feel like sometimes it's easier to do sneakily should you be in a hurry or maybe in a place where that sounds horrible. Oh, but my <laughs> goodness. But, um, you know, it's the sort of thing where, like, I feel like I've given a few blowjobs in cars and stuff before. It's, oh, roadhead. Right? Well, ideally, um, I try not to do it when they're operating the vehicle. Okay. But, you know, okay. sometimes Okay, so you're so, caught up in the heat of the moment, and I feel like that's a very easy way to— But also do it responsibly and don't, like, break any laws— I, I was maybe. thinking about someone going down on you sneakily, and I was like, interesting. I wonder. I'm to, hmm. I'm sure I have. Hmm. I'm sure I have. So it's it's something that can be maybe a little bit more spontaneous. Yeah. I think, too, being open to other forms of sex, oral sex, and hand stimulation and things like that can take some of the pressure off of, you know, I've had guys that maybe aren't getting an erection right away or we were out and they maybe like drink more than they thought they had and are just having trouble. So mm -hmm. if you're not so caught up on feeling like vaginal sex is the only sex, then I feel like that's a way to to still feel like you're getting the experience that you sought out and oh, yeah. everyone's getting pleased. and Intimacy. Yeah. Especially I, I think if I'm not wanting to go through a huge arousal cycle and get super turned on and wild, but I I want that intimacy with a partner, then that's something that I can give. Or if there if I have a yeast infection or if there's just I don't feel fresh or whatever that right. is, right? Yeah. I'm like, and now I'll I'll go down on you or you're tired, I'll go down on you and we'll still have yeah. intimacy. But yeah. My vagina doesn't need to perform right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's some, I mean, I'm not one of those people, but I know some people that don't like like period sex and stuff like that. And Oh, I love it. Uh, me too. Mm, shout out to period sex. Like I, tr I don't want to like shame people when they say that they're not into it, but like in the back of my head, I'm screaming like, grow up. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can understand. Shame is really deep for some people. And also it, 
they can have lots of reasons, right? Right. Um, but yeah, for me, it's so marvelous and it reduces my cramps and it right. makes me feel better. So have you ever had anyone go down on you when you're on your period? I don't think so. I think they may have and I didn't realize right. it because my periods are very, very light too. Right. You're saying I you had, have. I had one guy, and I remember it definitely, um, like, we had just kind of started dating, and so it was definitely my first period in the time frame of our relationship, <laughs> and I remember, like, making out with him and starting to fool around, and I was like, oh, no, no, I'm on my period, and he just was very clear about, like, that does not bother me at all, and dove down in, and at first kind of being shocked, like, oh, my God, is this happening? Oh, my God, but... He went for it. Yeah. It's just another it was, fluid. Yeah. And it was a light flow day. And did I don't you think enjoy I it? think if it would have been a heavy flow day, I would not have been down to even try it. But yeah, it ended up being fine. Fine? Yeah. Not like not great, not amazing. Um I I think going back to that like being self-conscious of mm. having somebody's face down there when you're not feeling tip-top. Yeah. I think it was a little bit harder for me to get into at first, but definitely I think once I realized it wasn't bothering him. I didn't let it bother me. Yeah. So good. Okay, I'm trying to think of any pros that I would add. I guess it's safe sex as far as pregnancy. Oh. If you're concerned about yeah. that. Yeah. Great pregnancy prevention. Um, certainly lower risk for a lot of STIs. Again, I, I like being able to give or receive. There's a lot of variety to it. A lot of different positions. Um, we did an episode on the Sex Explanations YouTube channel of all these different ways that you could have oral sex in a very specific small place. Like, um, I'll tell you the whole story. <laughs> in Harry Potter, there's a Marauder's map, and it shows with little footprints moving on this map where mm -hmm. all the people are in Hogwarts, and it... Uh, plays at the end of the movie in the credits, and there's this little, um, what is it called? It's like a tower, basically right. a circular tower in one of the corners of the building, and it shows two footprints that are facing each other, kind of tapping around. And someone posted this, I think, on Reddit and said, oh, my God, blowjobs in the dungeon? <laughs> and then someone else responded, no, if you've ever given a blowjob, you know that or received one, you know that that's not possible. And then I went and said, "Challenge accepted." And so we cut out footprints and put them on the floor of the studio. And then I wore a green or like a tight suit. And then Matthew Gatos, who's a friend of mine, um, and and became the videographer for Sexplanations for a while, he wore a green suit and the two of us tried to act out as many oral sex positions as we could with our feet lined up in the way of the footprints. Well, I think we did I mean, not something. having seen it to know exactly, but if they're facing each other, it's like you just squat. You don't have to be on your knees. You can just squat. Oh, totally. I mean, I don't think I would prefer that. I feel like knees would be more comfortable long term, but... Yeah. That's yes. not hard to bust that at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, check. <laughs> Give someone a blowjob. You'll see that it's totally possible. <laughs> oh, yes. Good job, internet. Way Maybe when you're on questions. your knees, you're like too short and things yeah. aren't lining up right. So you're talking about like a, a frog squat kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was included. There were a lot that were included. 
Oh, if you ever want to entertain look yourself, that episode it's super up. cute. Yeah. Okay. Next question. In your opinion, when should children be educated about oral sex? I feel like as soon as they start talking about sex, which I'm trying to think, I think for me was in the sixth grade. Because I feel like fifth grade sex education was purely, I mean, that's when it was like boys and girls were separated. This mm-hmm. is what's happening to your body. Yeah. But I think it was in the sixth grade where we started talking about sex as an actual like function between two people. And I, I don't believe in abstinence-only education. It's not education. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I think just because you're talking to them about it, it's incorrect to assume that just because you talk to them about it, they're going to run out and do it right away. Right. I also think it's naive to think that maybe just because you weren't doing it at an early age, your child won't do it at an early age. So why not just try to make sure that you're catching them before they're doing it to at least make sure they're doing it safely and correctly. And um, yeah, so I'd say as soon as they're starting to talk about sex, I feel like they should talk about oral sex as well. Yeah. Great answer, Stella. I like it. I absolutely agree. Um, I, I think that them asking is a huge indicator that they're ready for that information, but it's also our responsibility to ask if they want to ask because sometimes they're having conversations with their peers who aren't educated and they're getting information that is harmful to them because they are conditioned to not ask adults or, you know, family members and whatnot. In seventh grade sex ed, we had our teacher or the teacher that I had we had like a box in the class to put anonymous questions, um, which of any kind or just of sex? any kind. And she, so it was what was so great about that box. She told like, and she let us know this ahead of time. She's like, I'm sure some of you will be try to be funny, but I don't know, you know, what's a serious question and what's a funny question. So I'm just going to answer all of them truthfully. Like they're serious questions and, you know, remembering from the crap that we were able to make up trying to be funny is a clear indication that we were very explicitly talking about sex at that age. and Yeah. Um, so you might as well give us factual information. I love that idea. I made up a question about belly button sex. Good. That was I, I was wondering, like, if one has an innie and one has an outie, could you have belly button sex? And she answered it with a straight face. I love it. Her answer was, it might be physically possible, but you're probably not going to get sexual pleasure from it. What? That's a wonderful answer. Yeah, it's- Wow. Yes, blind people can get boners at nude beaches. Yes, this is what I am way into your teacher. And she also explained medically what well, the medical procedure would be for removing a hot dog from a vagina. <laughs> Which is, wait, I want to know. I don't remember like all the details of it, but she, you know, she's basically said something about like, well, you'd go to the emergency room and they, you know, they have special tools to help open the vagina up when you go in. And then I would imagine that's what they would use and use forceps to get it out. Da, 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 da. And she answered it very seriously like it was a real question. You got great sex ed. She was great. Shout out to shout out to Miss Lacko. Wow. I am really impressed. And now I, I can't wanna... say that every other year was like that, but she was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That seems like a, a viable solution for people. For educators, right. people who watch sex explanations and are teachers themselves who can just have a box in their classroom, right? Because she, was she a health teacher or she was just an anything? Yeah, teacher? she was like the health oh, okay. slash gym teacher. And um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't gender segregated or anything. We were mm-hmm. all together and mm, yeah. So good. 
Okay, cool. I think we should implement that. Next question. What is 69ing? When you're <laughs> both performing oral sex on each other at the same time. Yeah. Great answer. So the guess. circle of the six at the bottom, do you like, consider it the mouth, the head, the vagina? What do you consider it? Are both circles the heads? I guess I had assumed the circles were the heads. Okay. And I guess you're technically like cutting arms and legs off of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's what I had always assumed is that the circles were the heads. And then the tail the of the six and the tail of the nine are their genitals. Right. Okay. Great. Answering the important questions. Have you heard of rainbow rings? No. I don't know to this day whether or not it's an actual thing, but I remember, I think I was in high school or college, and this concept started to go around where they would talk about a bunch of girls, and they would each have a different colored lipstick, and they would take a guy into the mall bathroom, and then each of them would put his erection in their mouth, and they would imprint the color of their lipstick onto his dick and then go, go, go so that he would have a line of rings on his dick that were all the different colors. I'd never heard that before. Now you Mm. have. I mean, I guess obviously maybe bragging rights for him, but otherwise I don't really completely understand what the purpose would be unless... Yeah, I don't... I mean... Yeah, I don't know. Artwork? Right. It's um, definitely not safe. I mean, that's why, right. like, I don't take your lollipop and put it in my mouth and then give it to Becky and then give it to John, then give it to Samir, then give it to Paul right. or whatever. Like, definitely. Yeah, I never heard that before. Hmm. New information. Still don't know whether or not it's true. I feel like the amount of talk about consent and safety and things that would need to go into doing that first. Kind of sucks a lot of the fun out of it, or um, I shouldn't say sucks the fun out of it, but I feel like it's a lot of work for very little payoff <laughs> for for lipstick marks. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it just depends on your ambitions. I think during that time, consent wasn't a popular concept. Like we hadn't gotten there right. yet. This is I'm thinking early 2000s, late 1990s. And so we weren't really talking about consent. People would just like go into the bathroom and just do things. And there was no, hey, are you okay with being the second person in line sticking your mouth on so-and-so's penis? Like that was not happening. Um, But I think if you could do rainbow rings and not pass germs, mono, you know, herpes, et cetera, it would actually be a really cool exercise in consent because you're having to do a ton of negotiation. Right. Yeah. I also feel like the mall bathroom is not the place to do that. No. (laughs) No. Let's respect the mall as an establishment. But yeah, like you would actually have to coordinate who has more depth and like who's going to be which like green versus blue versus yellow, you know? Right. There we go. There's the new exercise in consent we can teach teenagers. Um, no, it is. It's this is not safe for sex. Okay. Um, next question: How do you not end up with semen in your mouth? I guess don't put penises in your mouth. Um, condoms. Condoms. Yes, condoms. Um, because yeah, even. Even if he tells you when he's going to come, there's still, like, pre-cum. 
and yeah. everything. So I think condoms would be some people only... don't pre come, but and also that's a little bit different than a full load of semen, right? But you can still practice withdrawal, so the person can say like, "I'm about to come," and then they can ejaculate not orgasm because they're not necessarily synonymous, but they can ejaculate externally. If you get it in your mouth, you can spit it out. You can shoot right. it below your tongue so that you don't have to taste it. You can shoot it to the back of your throat so it goes straight down and you don't have to taste it. But if you don't want yeah. it in your mouth at all, yes. Don't I put, guess the condoms and or just yeah. don't put penises in your mouth. Excellent idea. <laughs> That's funny. That's exactly what I said. Don't put a penis in your mouth. <laughs> uh, does a guy just know when he's going to ejaculate? I think that maybe... Younger and newer guys don't always have as much self-control, but I think at any age, it can be easy to get caught up in the moment and not necessarily know or be focusing a lot on making it happen to where you don't remember to pause and say, oh, this is about to happen. So I, and I, and I know not all women feel this way, but I think in my opinion, if you're giving oral sex to a guy and he ejaculates in your mouth, it's not fair to get angry at him about it necessarily. That's an interesting perspective. I I mean, it would be one thing, I guess, if it you, it was a clear situation of like you asked for the heads up and he just clearly didn't care about your wishes and did mm-hmm. it anyway. That, you know, is definitely a disrespectful situation. But I think you can't just be angry that you get semen in your mouth if you have a penis in your mouth. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess I wouldn't even – fathom being upset with someone for having a physiological reaction. Right. Um, or but I've, I've, ha- I've had conversations with women where they have gotten pissed about it. Oh, interesting. And I think especially, too, when it's like older women, I'm always kind of surprised by it. I mean, in my personal experience, I guess, in my own orgasms, it means sometimes, like, it's a big buildup and I can tell it's coming and sometimes it's just all of a sudden like, whoa, now it's happening. Yeah. So I would expect that the reaction could be either also for a guy, like, either way. I guess it goes back to what you were saying before, what you've negotiated. So if you've negotiated that this person is going to inform you and pull out or right, yeah, or not at all, then they probably shouldn't agree if they can't uphold that right. negotiation. That's true. Tricky. Sex is complicated. Stay curious. Um, if you swallow some semen, what happens? Well, if it's healthy, not infected semen, I think they're mostly... Not nothing. You have yeah. semen in your belly f- just for a gets day. absorbed. Yeah. Um, I of can... course, if it's if you haven't had conversations and taken precautions, and it's the person has an STI, then you might want to be a little more concerned about having semen in your stomach. But yeah, or anywhere on the way down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have my response here. It is digested, broken down into usable and unusable parts, molecules absorbed by the bloodstream, and then excreted. If there are infectious Viruses or bacteria, you may have gulped an STI. <laughs> Lovely, Lindsay. What are the dangers of blowing into a vagina? <laughs> I like that your okay, eyes got no, really I'm big. specifically remembering going back to Miss Lacko's class and us talking about it in her class specifically. And I'm trying to remember something about pressure, I want to say causing cramping or something like that. Embolism and death. Death? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, because you could die from an embolism because you're putting air into a space where it can't get out. And if it goes into the blood vessels, then you're blocking the flow of the blood. Don't blow into vaginas, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary people. In that sense, 
on both parties. I feel like blowjobs were very poorly named. They're terribly named. They're terribly named. If we could go back and find out who named them that. Yes. I think I actually did an episode on it. And I want to say that the original, there is a book. And it talks about blowjobs being first made up because of the the plane on a tarmac when it takes off and it blows and then like people fall over that they're mm-hmm. getting a blowjob and then somehow that carried over into sex. But when I asked my grandmother who would have been alive during the coining of that meaning, she does not recall this at all. And she seems to be pretty sex positive. I also did an episode with her. So I don't I don't know. I don't think that it comes from somebody taking the penis into the mouth and then treating it like porn. Yeah. No, I think it comes from maybe, maybe comes from the airplane industry. And then <laughs> All right. The like experience of being blown over with pleasure. Oh well. Yes. Um, okay. Next question. Should you brush your teeth first and avoid sugary things like gum? I mean, you should brush your teeth twice a day regardless. <laughs> um, I don't think it's necessary to do it before unless you're trying to do the minty effect. Mm. Did you ever hear that about, oh, if you put a mint in your mouth or mm-hmm. chew minty gum or whatever? So I guess that could be a way of – in fact, that's probably safer to just like brush your teeth and have a minty mouth than it is to try to like give a blowjob and have a mint in your mouth at the same time. That's a choking risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it's necessary. I feel like it'd be like that'd be better advice for like if you're just gonna make out with somebody's face then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the the brushing the teeth and what was the other one? Avoid sugar. Yeah, avoid sugary things. Because I think they're thinking about performing oral sex on a vulva and not wanting to incite a yeast infection. Oh, see, I keep just forgetting to think about it like that from a health point of view. Because I was, (laughs) this is gonna be gross, but I'm thinking about how like. How sometimes when you eat sugary stuff and so like your saliva gets a little bit more phlegmy, mm. like, oh, well, that could like increase like uh, lubrication and whatnot. So maybe you should eat sugary stuff first, but definitely don't want a yeast infection. Yeah. Well, and mm. the same thing too can be applied where if you're going down on an object of insertion, like a, a penis or a toy or whatever, peen. Um, and you have sugar in your mouth and you put that on them and then they put that inside your rectum or your vagina. Right. Then I'm learning they so can... much today. I would never have just thought about all that. Avoid sugar. Let's see. I what... knew that like you weren't supposed to like, you know, the tropes about using chocolate sauces and mm-hmm. I knew well so it makes sense now that sugar would cause yeast infections in those situations. So Yeah. Huh. I'm learning so much. Yeast, love, sugar. Um, Let's see what else did I put. If you have healthy teeth, meaning that you brush and floss regularly, then brushing and using a dam is respectful oral sex. Brushing unhealthy gums increases HIV transmission risk because the immune system is right there on the surface trying to fight off gum disease. As for sugary things, I would avoid them because they can increase the risk of yeast infections. Ta-da! Doesn't it feel weird to give sex to people who don't shave? So like hairy puby people yeah no i mean again just be aware that you might end up with a stray pube in your mouth Mm -hmm. that happens um and i mean i know that hair can hold smells and stuff more so i guess if your choice is to be hairy Mm -hmm. then just be a little bit more self-conscious 
or not self-conscious, self-aware. <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> um, self-aware of... Conscientious. Conscientious. Yeah. <laughs> of just the extra hygiene steps that you might need to take to maintain the hair in addition to your vagina. Yeah. And keeping everything. But yeah, I, I again, I'm not a person that's grossed out by different bodies and different body things. So yeah, that's where I'm always kind of torn about like the idea of, to me, bodies don't gross me out. And I, and I want to be like, oh, just grow up about it. But at the same time, I guess if somebody really does have a lot of hangups about hair and maybe that's just not, you know, it's not necessarily a choice that they're making. They just have those hangups and you have to, I guess, where's the line of like telling them to get over themselves but also respecting them. Yeah. I think about that more often than you would, I guess you would think. <laughs> because you're thinking about clients who have hangups about their own bodies or uh, partners. Of I guess people. maybe that like uh, – you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time and there are a lot of women that come in and they're just absolutely terrified and they're only doing it because their partner asked them to. And oh. um, I just think that that's dumb. If you don't want a Brazilian, then don't get one. Yeah, I would have a really hard time with that, Stella. Um, and I, Going back to it, like, yeah, I think that if you're in there doing it, you, it should be your own personal choice. Um, whether you're doing it for like, you know, a lot of women, I know they maintain it even regardless of whether or not they have a current sexual partner. They maintain it at all times because that's what feels clean to them. Mm -hmm. And it's not a sexual thing at all. And then I have some women that if they're single or whatnot, we might disappear for a few months and then <laughs> come back when things are picking back up for them. Wow. But it should always be their own choice to be in there. My response always when a woman comes in, they're like, my boyfriend asked me to do this. It's like, well, I do male Brazilians too. You can ask the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and what did they say? Oh, he would never. Oh, my God. Oh, Well, then it's not fair of him to pressure you to do it. If and you then, wouldn't do it for you, then you don't have to do it for him. And then they go through with it anyway? They usually go through with it anyway, which I feel bad because your first appointment is always the worst appointment of all of them it gets easier after the first but wow I remember one client a bajillion years ago who was like I want to remodel my house and my husband said that I get a new piece of furniture for every time I get a Brazilian and I knew exactly when her remodel was finished because I never saw her again <laughs> it's a thing I mean there is some negotiation right yeah like there is a, a form of consent that's happening which is okay, I want my furniture. I will do this. I will buy into that yeah, trade. Was, and I mean, most of the time when they're in there and they've said that, I mean, I obviously if I felt they were completely in there against their will, I wouldn't perform the service. But usually if they've gotten to the point where they're in with me, like they've gone through, you know, a certain amount of negotiation with their partner. But I always just, I think that's kind of silly if you're really, truly terrified or just really not wanting to get the service done. Yeah, it makes me yeah, I feel like I've been punched in the gut. That's, that's a hard one for me. But I also want to respect people's right to to trade their bodies or to trade their right. parents for what they want. And, and that is a form of consent, even if it's something that I would not be willing to do. And I, I mean, I definitely do have clients as well where um, it's kind of that situation, like they're doing it specifically because they know their partner likes it. And it's his birthday or we're going on this vacation or whatever that – and he knows. But like – so they might only come in and see me like two or three times a year, but it's not like they're normal to maintain. And 
So I've definitely seen situations where, like, I, I get, definitely get the vibe from that person that, like, they're not upset that they're in there or uncomfortable that they're in there doing it. But they're like, this particular, it's his birthday, so I'm doing it. But you're not going to see me next month when it's not his birthday. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. I guess people have hangups about hair. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. I'm, people have hangups about everything. Well, people need to relax. <laughs> <laughs> relax, people, relax. <laughs> um, a couple more here. Nosebleeds while eating a girl out, awful or awfully embarrassing? I, I mean, I guess for the person who gets the nosebleed, probably your initial reaction would be to be embarrassed. Hopefully your partner would be supportive of you through it. Because it's not like you can control the nosebleed. And a lot of times you have one and you don't even realize it's happening until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then you just stop what you're doing and clean right? up like usual. Yeah. Yeah. I would say just maybe initially a little embarrassing, but it shouldn't be a big deal. I think definitely helpful to know your risk. Right. If there's contact. Yeah. Fluid exchange. Let's do one more. How do you normalize and encourage the use of dental dams? So if somebody doesn't I, know, a dental right. dam is latex or polyurethane. It could be made of all sorts of materials, actually, like non-microwavable saran wrap. And you're taking a, a square rectangle shape and basically laying it over the vulva or anus to perform oral sex, where there is a barrier between the genitals and then the other person's face. I, I mean, I guess, again, I'm just always assuming the best and just hoping that everybody that's engaging in sexual activity is also engaging in healthy communication and talking. Ideally, I always think that, like, protection and stuff like that is something that has been discussed yeah. beforehand. You could listen to this podcast together. Right? <laughs> um. So I I guess I also kind of think like it's on a person like if you want if you're a female and you're most comfortable using like condoms and I'm going to use condoms as the example in this because I feel like we always expect the guy to have the condom but I think if you're a female and you want to use condoms during sex you should carry condoms. Mm-hmm. Um so I I kind of feel like that too like Especially, I think, maybe because dental dams aren't something that are discussed as often, um, which should be normalized and fixed, um, and it should just go hand in hand. But in reality, I don't feel like it is. So I feel like if you know that you want dental dams used, have them around, and that makes it a lot easier when you bring it up to be like, oh, and also I'm providing them for you. Here they are. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, the person says, so, like, I want to go down on you, and yeah. you say, here you go, and you yeah. hand it over. And from that perspective, too, like if you're a guy and you want to use dental dams if you're going down on a girl. like Or a girl going down on a girl or right? a non-binary person. Um, I, I'm using the example of like a guy going down on a girl because I feel like maybe a guy would feel like in that kind of like the same thing with girls carrying condoms. Like a guy oh, might not yeah. feel like it's his responsibility to have something specifically to protect like a vagina um well and it's protecting him obviously from the fluids of the vagina but it just seems like the female counterpoint of those two protective pieces mm-hmm. so um i feel like it would be more likely that a guy would be weirded out by keeping dental dams around than a woman that was planning on going down on a woman probably maybe i'm making assumptions anyway we should all feel comfortable just keeping condoms and dental <laughs> dams around yeah. keep them all around your house you don't know when it's going to happen where it's going to happen yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, um, we can add that to a sex or credit assignment. But before we do, 
um, Kegels. Mains, is an exercise that we do on the show every week. Okay. We just do a set of kegels and as a big community strengthen our pubococcygeus muscles. Yes. Yes. Do you teach your clients about kegels? I should teach my clients about kegels, but I don't. But my physical therapist teaches me a lot about kegels. (laughs) Ooh. Who's your physical therapist? Um, Her name is Tara Mund and she's at Physio Endurance. And um, I have a lot of lower back problems. Mm-hmm. And so I do those in different pelvic floor exercises to try to build up the front side of my core so that I have less problems with the back side. That's so you, awesome. I don't think you would necessarily associate it normally with back problems and back pain, but that's why I, I, I do them specifically. Ooh, I like it. Will you teach us how you do them on the front side? Will you guide yeah. our Kegel exercises? Yeah. So the exercises that I do, I start off, she has me lay on the floor and when she was teaching me how to do them, she would literally kind of dig her hand in my hip. Like right in front of your hip bone? Right. To make sure that I was squeezing because it's kind of if you're not used to using that muscle Mm -hmm. and I've, you know, I feel like what I was always told when I was younger and read in Cosmo, it's like, oh, just like you're trying to like start and stop peeing, mm-hmm. but it's like not always quite like that. There's more muscles yeah. than just that. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, I had to have her dig in there to feel if I was even doing it right. So I try to go and set my pelvic floor, which I guess is almost more down like by your taint mm-hmm. as opposed to like up by your urethra. And once I set those. So your taint being the space between your vulva and your anus or your scrotum and your anus, also known as a perineum, and your urethra being the tube that carries urine. Yes. Okay. So you're saying... So I lay on the floor with my knees bent and set that muscle. And then with my legs upward, I take one knee and try to go slowly outward and go as far as I can without releasing that muscle and come back in towards the center and then do the other side... And all the while, like the sensation or I guess the visual that my um, PT gave me is while I'm trying to do that, it's like I have a board on my stomach with a marble and I don't want the marble to roll around. And that's harder to do than you would think. Okay. So if you want to guide me, I'm going to lie down on the floor. Okay. And you can tell me how to do it correctly. Okay. Okay. So I lay down here. Right. Then squeeze up. Squeeze. I'm squeezing. Like it feels like it's more yep, in the yep, tainer, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Okay, now slowly pull this knee out. Okay, then I'm slowly pulling my right knee but out. Like I can't even make it, so when I'm doing it. Uh-huh. And maybe this is just because mine is all weak and messed up. So when I do it, I literally, and usually that's about as far out as I can make it before I have to reset myself. Okay, so I'm going to s- squeeze my perineum. Pretend I have a board on my hips with the marble on it. Then, with my knees bent, try to lower my right leg so my knee is going out to the side without disengaging the muscles that are basically around my asshole. Right. And then pull back up and then go down on the left with my knee out to the left and not disengage the muscles around my asshole or lose the marble yeah so I can probably go from center with my knees 
I can probably go out eight to ten inches. Right. Yeah. Cool. We did it. Last thing. Yes. Sex or credit. I have some assignment options for them, but you can add some if you want. A little homework so you don't forget it. Here's Dr. Dose's sex credit. So the one I was thinking of is maybe perform oral sex on someone with consent, of course, if you right. have a person um, who is menstruating. Right, yeah. Um, try putting some menstrual blood on your own face um, of your own. And the other one that I thought of, we just we were just talking about it, but it was something where I said, oh, that would be good sexual credit. Dental dams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To have dental dams, like acquire them, offer them, yes. use them, play with them, test them out. Yes. I yeah. agree. That's a good one. Do you have any others that you want to add? Um, maybe try experimenting with different hairstyles. I guess we talked a lot oh, about yeah. hair. And That'd it doesn't have to, I mean, of course, if you're going to choose waxing, I can recommend somebody, but it doesn't have to be <laughs> waxing. You can shave or maybe you're growing it out for the first time and that's not a thing that you normally do. Experiment yeah. with that. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Okay. Wonderful. Stella, thank you for being on this Explanations podcast. You're welcome. I feel like I haven't eaten lunch yet. I feel like we're talking about oral sex and the whole time my stomach has been grumbling so loud. I don't know if the <laughs> mic is picking it up, but... Mmm. <laughs> feed me some genitals. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank, thanks. Oh, thank you for being here, for letting me touch your breasts, for um, taking care of our community and decreasing the sex shame around bodies and... Um, yeah, for talking to me openly about sexuality. It's a really big deal, and I'm grateful I'd, for you. I'd love to. I think we all should. Yeah. Uh, thanks also to Cinema Studios, Callie for doing our sound engineering and all the editing, to Complexly for production, and Count Boogie for the jingles, and Cora and Parl, I'm still learning. <laughs>